0: everybody this is hondo carpenter from sports illustrated the las vegas raiders insider podcast we are so thrilled to be joined by this guy one of my dearest friends in the world i love him y'all know him as a great coach he was a head coach at central michigan the head coach at cincinnati bearcats head coach of the tennessee volunteers now he's a head coach at arkansas state coach with nick saban for years at alabama i just call him one of my dear friends my brother i love this guy I tell people all the time, greatest compliment I could give him is I would let my kid play for him in a heartbeat. The one and only, the great Butch Jones. Butch, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing great, Hondo. I tell you what, you're up in Escanaba uh, experiencing some snow and some cold weather, so I give you all the credit in the world for doing that. But you are a great friend, and I appreciate having the opportunity to talk with you today.
0: You know you married well when your wife asked for Christmas, a deer hunting trip to Escanaba, (laughs) don't you?
1: No (laughs) doubt.
0: All right, Butch. So excited about you, but today's conversation is going to go in a little different direction. A legend has left the game of football, a legend that you and I both know, you and I both care about. Um, I always tell people, you know who your real friends are when you're down. And this is a man that gets a lot of discussion for being tough, for showing him chewing on people, but he doesn't get enough uh, respect for the hugs, for the love. There's a reason those people he chews on loves him. And of course, we're talking about the great Nick Saban. It's a loss for the game of football. It's a win for Miss Terry, but a loss for the game of football. And I'd like you to go back with me You did a very good job at Tennessee. It unraveled. And in one year, it's over. And no one cared about number one recruiting classes and bowl games and everything that you had done was just one bad year It was over. And you get a phone call from him and, and he already respected you and loved you and your ability to coach, thought you were a great coach. And as soon as Tennessee made that mistake, man, he wanted you at Alabama. Would you talk about what Nick meant to you?
1: Well, he meant a lot. and I think you just spoke about is, you know, I really didn't have uh, a friendship with him. It was more obviously when you're at Tennessee and Alabama, there's that rivalry and you respect him as a football coach, but really didn't know for him as a man. And uh, so for him to reach out, one of their staff members also reached out. And I said, you know, I have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, went in there and took a full day and interview. And then the next day, he called me and said, you know, want to offer you a position here. And by the way, can you be here in tomorrow? And so I was there tomorrow and, you know, you kind of learn But what he and Miss Terry did. He took Barb and I and our family in when, you know, when you go through what we went through and you go through the firing process, you know, it takes its toll on you as a person, you know, you as a family. And so the way him and Miss Terry opened us up, but then as you know, In that organization, you have to prove your worth every day. You have to prove your keep every single day and you just go down there and you put your head down and you work every single day, which we did. And then, you know, I think the last year and a half of being a special assistant to the head coach, you know, just some of those those closed door sessions that we were able to discuss. You know Whether it was football, whether it was life, whether it was the coaching profession, whether it was how we were going to continue to grow and elevate the Alabama program, and then also the critique of what we did at Tennessee. So all those things that went into that. But, you know, when, when you retire from the game, when you leave the game, really a head coach is really thought of in two aspects. You're either remembered by your wins or you're remembered by your legacy. And I think you just spoke about that. You didn't talk about all the wins Nick Saban had. You spoke about the legacy. And really that legacy is impacting so many people in a positive way. And he was able to do that when you look at players, when you look at coaches, former coaches, you look at colleagues, you look at what he's done for the University of Alabama as an institution in terms of enrollment, in terms of publicity, just everything. And then – You know, he's probably the greatest ambassador for college football. You know, he's extremely brilliant. He's bright. Um, He can articulate on some of the things maybe other coaches can't. So I don't really feel that he's leaving the game. I think that there's a need for him still to be involved in the game. You know, whether it's, you know, giving opinions, helping us kind of get college football back to where it needs to be in some things in some areas. So again, he's impacted the game, but more importantly, he's impacted individuals.
0: I want to talk about different parts in Nick because uh, he really is an onion. There's a lot of different layers and, you know, people reached out to him after, you know, you were in your spot. Hey, this is a guy you, you should go look at. He had so much respect for you, but I want to talk about Nick Sablin, the family man. Now Barb and your children, are your life. You are one of the few people like Nick who, you know, a lot of men draw all of their sense of self-worth from what they do for a living. And that's normal, but who is able to say, yeah, I'm a football coach. Yep. I made millions of dollars, but I'm first Barb's husband. I'm first my kid's dad, Nick. There are a lot of coaches that get in this profession and wow. Okay. Look at I'm, I'm a star. Who can I go cheat on my wife with that? That's not Nick. He's a family man he adores Terry. He doesn't love her. He adores her. He loves his kids. You're the same way. Would you talk about Nick, the family man?
1: Well, he is a family person. And, you know, Miss Terry's the best, Um, you know, from what she did from a head coach's wife, you know, to the other wives and all those things that go into that role of being a coach's wife. But she's the same thing Nick Saban is. She's a great person and they care about people. But, you know, there's so many things from, you know, being a family person and having families around and having Miss Terry around and being having an opportunity to be around his family and his children, and, and then their husbands and wives and all that. And then obviously, I know he's extremely proud of his grandchildren as well. But, uh, you know, even the quality of time spent during the season, you know, you have this this mindset that, yeah, when you're in Alabama, you're going to work hard and you're going to grind. That's the expectations. That's the expectations at most places. But, you know, they have the ability to go home on Wednesdays after practice. They have the ability to go home on Thursdays after practice. They have the ability to do family dinner on Sundays. All those things that go into it. There is a human side. There is a human element. And at the forefront of the Sabans is that word called family and they live it.
0: Would you agree with me, though? And I tease this, but Nick's grandchildren are the only people that ever walked the earth that I don't know he's going to critique.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, but I know they mean a lot to him. I know his children mean a lot to him and obviously Miss Terry and and everything. And I'm excited to you know, for his next endeavors. And I know he's going to be successful. He's not going to be removed from the game. You know, that's something he'll never remove himself from. But, you know, there's one thing when we talk about great competitors and his love for great competitors, he truly himself is a great competitor. So whatever he does, there's going to be a competitive aspect to that.
0: I want to talk about the coach, Nick Saban. One of the things that I admire about him, and I know it's inspired a lot of other coaches, is in recruiting, people don't realize how directly involved he is. There are some coaches that don't like recruiting. Um, I don't know that I would say he likes it, but he's great at it. And he'll ask players in front of their parents, what are your goals? And he looks at the parents, did you hear that? Because then he's going to hold them to that goal. Okay, you won't play in the NFL? Well, I know how to get you there, and your effort isn't there. I describe his coaching style as demanding to your standard. If your standard's too low, he'll just quit recruiting you. I think one of the things he's able to do is there's a lot of guys who are demanding that don't succeed, but he takes the player and lets them set the ceiling and then holds them to it so when the player's mad, They're mad at themselves. Would you discuss him, the coach, please?
1: Well, I think, you know, it gets back to kind of what he used to talk about all the time is high achievers don't like mediocre people and mediocre people don't like high achievers. And there's a standard of expectation, you know, from him, from him as a coach. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people will, will try to hold everyone to these high standards and expectations but there isn't anyone who held himself to a higher standard than coach Saban. And so he set the temperament every single day in the office, whether it was recruiting, whether it was player development, whether it was community service, whether it was practice, whether it was off season workouts and fourth quarter programs, all that went into it is he set the standard every single day by which he was. And then I think when you have those high standards There's also a consistency component that comes along with that. And you know what you're going to get every single day from coach. And, uh, you know, I think it's very fitting. You hear the stories of how his last day of work went at Alabama. And uh, that's very fitting. He he was never going to cheat uh, the University of Alabama or himself or those players, that organization, a day's work. Um, He was always locked in. and, And, you know, that was great for the be a role model, to young coaches, the aspiring coaches to really watch him. I think he set the temperament there. And then, you know, he challenged everybody to be the best version of themselves every single day. And so I think that kind of gets into it. And, uh, but again, just the temperament that he set the mental disposition he brought to work every single day, it is unmatched, you know, and still to this day, I talked to a lot of the new coaches that came in and, I'd always ask him, all right, tell me the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway so far you've learned. And they always talked about the work ethic of Coach Saban, the consistency of Coach Saban, and how he set the temperament in all phases, all facets of that program.
0: All right, now let's talk about him, the friend. I know a lot of people will be like, what? Um, This is a guy that may not be warm and fuzzy. He not be, may not text you every day thinking about you, LOL, but he's a guy when you're going through it and you're in the trenches, you pick up that phone, he's going to answer it. He's a real friend, and I think that shocks a lot of people when I say it, but you know that very well too. Would you talk about Nick Saban, the friend?
1: Yeah, well, there's not a lot of fluff there. You know, there may, may not be a long discussion, but you know – He's one of those people that, you know, if you ever need anything, you can call on him and he's going to do his very best in your time of need to provide that stability for you, whether it's, you know, talking through something or for him to make a phone call or for him to put you in touch with someone. You know, there's so many aspects to that friendship level that goes into it. But again, I think it gets back to the way he lives his life and that word of consistency. Even in his friendship, he's going to be there for you. And, uh, you know, I know this, if I need him, I'm going to call him, I'm going to text him. And if he can't get back to me right now, I know he will get back to me at first opportunity. So again, you know, it's all those things that go into it, the way he leads his life, the way he is, it also, you know, goes into his personal life in terms of being a true friend.
0: Three more questions and we'll be done, Butch. But the next one is Butch Jones, the mentor. This is a man that His players that gave at a high-achieving level love him. Mediocre ones don't because he'd tell them, you should probably move on. That's just not what we do here. But guys that gave maximum effort, even if they weren't stars, but they gave them everything they had. Maybe they just weren't good enough, but they gave them everything they had. He never forgot them. He never betrayed them. He was a mentor. He helped them his fathers, husbands, dads, sons, and he did the same with coaches. He always mentored them. Guys that he would have to compete against, he would still mentor. Will you talk about Nick Saban, the mentor?
1: Well, I think it gets back to being comfortable in who you are. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing is when you look and you look at all the personalities that entered the buildings at Alabama football and all the different – You know, personalities, individuals that accomplished a lot of things in their careers throughout his tenure at Alabama. He always, if you could make the organization better, he was going to bring you in. So I think he was very confident in himself, very confident in who he was. And that, you know, that kind of permeated throughout the course of the building. I mean, there's a lot of individuals that, you know, would may have some insecurities of welcoming in different personalities or all that. That was never the case. So I think he's extremely confident in who he is. I also think that he thought it was a duty and an obligation to mentor people. And, you know, I think the the biggest quality or trait that coach looked for in people, were they great competitors? He loved great competitors. If you were a great competitor, he was going to give you everything that he had.
0: Yeah. You know, I want to go back and use you as an example because we've been friends a long time. I remember sitting in your office when Cincinnati first contacted your agent. And obviously I didn't report it because I wasn't there as a reporter. I was there as a friend and you bouncing things off of me. I remember when you could have had the Colorado job and you called me from Colorado and said, this doesn't feel right to me. I'm not making a move because of money. It's got to be the right move. And I remember same with Tennessee and knowing all what was going on behind the scenes. And I'll never forget the day you called me and you're like, Nick just called. Just talk to Nick. I'm driving, I'm headed up there and and us talking about it. And then, same thing when Arkansas State, you were, you, that job to you because Nick had mentored you, you knew how valuable the Arkansas State job was. I remember you bragging to me about it. It was different than any job you'd ever taken because it was the people, the facilities. It was the things that were different than what most people saw. And I've been your friend through thick and thin for a long time and love you dearly. And I I saw the Nick mentorship in you. What was the biggest thing that you feel like when you looked in the mirror after spending time with Nick Saban, you changed?
1: Well, I think, you know, it lends itself to much self-reflection. And you look at, you know, all kind of the careers, however you want to say it, that he he rejuvenated, that he kind of, you know, built upon. And that was an opportunity to go there. And, you know, some of the coaches call it coaching rehab. And, uh, you know, you just learn as you go. And a lot of it is self-reflection, you know, of how you did it, you know, not just at one place, but the last three places. And then what will you do in moving forward? How are you better for your past experiences? And how are you better from your experiences with him? You know, I think there's so much that goes into it. but The one thing I think about many things, but, you know, every coach uses the process. You know, we're going to trust the process. Very few truly know what the process is. And so I think to really go there and really learn what the process is, what goes into the process? Where did he come with that? I think that's the other thing that I'm really grateful for my time is the ability to sit and really learn. Why do you do what you do? Why do we do the things we did at Alabama? Okay. What were the reasons why? So, you know, it wasn't just, well, that's the way we did it at Alabama and it worked for Nick Saban. It was more like, okay, These are the things you do it. I think the mistakes that a lot of coaches make, and we used to talk about this all the time when they leave Alabama, is they try to make their current situation Alabama. They try to emulate everything that he did. There's only one Nick Saban. There is only one Nick Saban in Alabama together. And so you have to kind of understand the reasons behind it and take the things that you think can help and elevate your current situation at your program, but also go from your vast experiences in the past as well. So for me, it was very good at moving forward because I could really look at the past three programs we had been a part of, and then an opportunity to sit and watch and be a part of the best to have ever coached the game of football, but also to have the ability to really ask him those questions. What were you thinking here? Why do you do this? And, uh, you know, to be able to just have those closed door sessions, I'll forever remember those. And I think the other things are the things that he was going through. Um, So I think there's a lot that went into that experience. And obviously, I am so much better for that experience of being three years at the University of Alabama.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, Butch. I'm just so proud of you. And what I loved is a lot of people who get close to Nick, and I say close, I mean proximity, not personally. They try to go out and be Nick. Those that get close to him personally go out and try to be themselves. That's what they learned that's from right. Nick, and that, that that's what I thought. Last question about Nick is Nick the funny guy. He does have a sense of humor, and when I tell people to that, nobody believes me, Butch.
1: Yes, he does. But he
0: really sincerely does, and he is so funny that at first, if, if you don't know him, And you're like, okay, was he being funny? Well, of course he was being funny. People don't get that side of Nick, do they?
1: No, they don't. And, uh, you know, he's very witty. Um, He can come with some some quick things at you. And, you know, the funny thing is we'd be sitting at the staff table and he'd make a joke. And it was funny, but nobody would want to laugh. But then when he would look up and start laughing himself, the whole room would erupt in laughter. Um, So I think he, again, it's part of being a great leader. He knew when to bring levity to the situation. He knew when to crack a joke. He knew when to maybe bust on somebody. He's a real person. And And I think that's the thing is everyone looks at the name Nick Saban, the iconic Nick Saban. And I think a lot of times you forget that he's a real person. You know, he does have a personality. He does have A wit about himself. He does experience some of the same human emotions that everyone else does. Uh, But again, he's uh, very, very witty. He's quick with it Um, and he likes to laugh. He likes laughter.
0: I remember a, a time, and I won't say who the person was, but it was right after he won a monster game. And him and Terry walked right up to me about a mutual friend of ours who was sick. Hey, do you have an update? How's he doing? And, and I mean, here they just won this big football game and he wanted to talk about a mutual friend who was sick. Pe- people don't understand him, the man. All right, now I want to turn attention to something because I can't let you out of here without talking about this. This was not the purpose of our interview, but I'm so dead gum proud of you. You go to Arkansas State, great school. What a history, great facilities. And, and if you don't know this, Butch did not ask me to say this. This is me doing it. You had to rebuild it. No shortcuts. You guys got to a bowl game this year, which was a, a big achievement, but your talent level is escalating. Your, your your recruiting as usual is phenomenal. You really got this program on an up, uptick. I'm pretty excited about Arkansas state. Take a second and brag on what you and your staff are doing, would you?
1: Well, we're excited as well. And uh, we have a long ways to go, but, We've also come a long way and I'm going to use the word again that is very clicheous it's it's thrown out in the world today all the sports that world called that word called culture and uh, everybody talks about it but you can really feel it when you walk in the building you know we've got our culture where we need to be we're an extremely connected football team. I love our players they've worked exceptionally hard and this was a challenge probably the biggest challenge we've had of the three previous stops in terms of not just a rebuild, but a complete reset. And, you know, obviously, you know, what we had to do at Tennessee and uh, you know, where we took that program and obviously Cincinnati and central Michigan, but it ranks up there and it's changing a mindset. And I loved it because, you know, we had to reteach a program, how to win. We had to reteach a university, how to win our players, how to win. And, uh, you know, it's been a process and it's been a journey. And then, you know, building a football program in today's environment is much different than it was, you know, years back in time because of the nuances of college football with NIL, transfer portal, all the current things that surround college football. But we were going to have some priorities and some values and some principles that we weren't going to deviate from. And that's starting in the high school ranks, building character, building toughness, You know, building kind of our DNA, the connection piece is so important in today's world of sport with everything going on. So all that that goes into it. And we've been able to do that. We've had three number one recruiting classes. So our players are excited about it. I think we've supplemented our program with high character transfers that have really been welcomed into our program. So we have a real, real excitement right now surrounding our program, Uh, The community is a great community. They've been so embracing with us and then excited about where we're going as a football program as well. So a lot of things to build upon, but a lot of things, uh, a lot of excitement in Jonesboro, Arkansas right now.
0: You know, one of the things that has me so excited about Arkansas state is as your friend, I, you know, we have the multiple private conversations, so I know what goes on. And the thing that I, always tell everybody what shocks a lot of people is you've said to me numerous times this is the best administration I've ever worked with this is the smartest administration I've ever worked with these people are more committed than anyone I've ever worked with to me what I think is cool and what makes me happy as a friend of butch and Barb is you're in a place that everybody's going in one direction everybody's going downstream boy that makes life it makes it better for the team makes it better for the coaches. It makes it better for the staff. It it just makes life easy, doesn't it? Not easy, but easier.
1: Well, you have to have people that are convicted in everything you're trying to build. And they also, though, have to have the respect of the journey. And I think that's the thing that's forgotten in today's win at all costs, win immediately, is the respect for the journey. And this has been a long journey so far. It's been a heck of a journey. And we've come a long way, but we still have a long ways to go in our journey. And everything's kind of stayed the same. I've been through two chancellors now and three ADs. Uh, But, you know, in terms of the commitment, in terms of the respect of the journey, that's remained the same and where we want to go. And also, I think along that respect of the journey, it's also the vision that we have, how we can continue to grow and elevate our program, and really influence this community, really influence the entire state of Arkansas. So, you know, that's been very comforting to me that they understand where you've come from, and they understand where you need to go, and how you're going to get there.
0: Well, I'm proud of you, Butch. You know, I love you dearly. I can't wait to be down later this summer and spend a week with you and Barb, and and uh, hang out with you. But I tell you, I wish you were up here in Escanaba. But maybe this summer we can meet at Mama's and go do some fishing. I'll tell you, she, you got to admit, she's in some of the she lives in some of the best fishing in the world.
1: Yes, sir. I will tell you this, though. I am heading to Detroit this weekend, and uh, we're going to go watch the first playoff game at Ford Field for the Detroit Lions in a very, very long time. So we have three former players that are on the roster of the Lions, and so we are spoken. So we're going to take the family, and we're going to experience playoff football in Detroit.
0: Well, good deal. Hopefully, my wife will get her deer by then, and maybe I'll come down and join you, but it's good to talk to you, you my friend. Give Barb a hug for me. Tell her how much I love her. I appreciate it. I will say hello to the
1: family, and please stay warm.
0: I will. I'll see you later this summer, bud. You're the best. Thank you. No problem. The great Butch Jones, head coach at Arkansas State University. Of course, worked for Nick Saban for years and one of the good guys. We'll see you all again soon. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.